I want to thank you for this opportunity to talk about the Granges because even though we have been in existence for over 150 years and our Granges here have been in this community for well over 100 years, people just really don't understand what it is. And so it is my mission to use as many opportunities that I can to educate people on really what today's Grange means. And this is an organization that if we don't get more families with kids involved, eventually we're all going to be done. There's a place in Southern Oregon filled with gorgeous natural beauty, friendly yet independent people, and a mild, comfortable climate. That place is called Grants Pass. These are the stories of the people that live and work in Josephine County. These are the movers and shakers that make this place the best. This is Grants Pass VIP. A member of the Order of Patrons of Husbandry, or better known as the Grange since 1980, Jill Ham credits her love of community service to her years in the Grange and her parents who were also Grangers. Jill's career with Grants Pass Broadcasting and involvement with the Chamber of Commerce has, quote, blessed my life as it all leads to the same path, service within my community on many different levels. That service has allowed her to build a base of friends which enriches her life every day. Jill Ham, welcome to Grants Pass VIP. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. Yeah, really happy to have you here. How did you end up here in Grants Pass? Oh, so my father was in the Navy. He retired in, let's see here, we got here in 1969. Uh, was born in La Jolla, but grew up in Hawaii at Pearl Harbor, where my dad was stationed at. So when he retired, we had a lot of family here, not where I wanted to be. <laughs> at nine years old, I'm like, I'm leaving the beaches of Hawaii and I'm moving to Oregon. So I spent the first couple months with my mom's phone book calling every single person that I knew of in Hawaii and stuff, asking if they wanted to adopt a daughter. So, And I, I would be really good. I'd go to school. I'd do my chores, you know, but it just I ended up staying here. Um, and I became a fan of Grants Pass. The first time I saw the cavemen organization in the parade, and I thought, I'm going to grow up to be a caveman. They won't let me because it's a men's club, <laughs> but I'm an honorary cave person, cave woman, whatever you want to call it. So I'm all right with that. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. So since 1969. Why did you choose to continue living here as you became an adult and, and everything else? Well, I graduated from Hidden Valley, which was um, the first graduating class in 1978. Went to Grants Pass High School. Um, graduated from Hidden Valley. We were the first graduating class. And shortly after that, in about 1980, I married my first husband, Nick. And we did move to San Bernardino. We would we live down in California for a while, Fontana and everything. And then moved to Gold Beach for a while. And then we ended up divorcing and I came back to Grants Pass because my parents and my family was here. And my husband now, Clarence, we've been together, we'll be 33 years this year. Mm. We went to high school together, dated just a little bit, became good friends. When I moved back over here, 
He came through Dairy Queen drive through where I was a supervisor up there. And he's like, hey, what are you doing back in town? I'm like, well, I had two boys. I said, the boys and I live back at Grants Pass again and just trying to settle life, you know. Didn't plan on staying here. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I just knew I needed to find a good, secure place for my kids and I knew Grants Pass. So here I landed. And so that was just kind of, we tell each other, we tell everybody we fell in love over a dilly bar. (laughs) (laughs) But we knew each other growing up. Our lives have paralleled forever, actually. But Grants, but we opened our first store in 1980. Uh, It was called the Treasure Gallery downtown in the, now the Dutch Bros Plaza, whatever you want to call it. And it was all Native American stuff. Really, really good, authentic Native American arts, crafts, jewelry. And it just kind of set our roots here. And then we went on to open up a second store called Wild West Mercantile, where we had some partners. And that was a lot of fun. The minute I opened my first store, I got involved with the Chamber of Commerce. I got involved with Town Center Association because I knew that that was how you should promote your business. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out and you meet other business people, you talk about your business. And so I joined the Chamber, I joined the TCA. I did whatever I could to be involved in my community. And yeah, the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> so it's been a great ride. How did you end up? in your current line of work? Oh, I did not know what I wanted to be when I grew up. In 2000-ish, something like that, we left our partnership in Wild West Mercantile. And I became, um, and had been actually for several years, a Kelly girl, which was a Kelly Temporary Services. Hmm. So I worked off and on, uh, even during owning our own stores, because, you know, augment some income and everything. You have two growing boys in sports, so it took it even then. So I worked at Josephine Memorial Hospital. I worked at Evergreen Federal. I worked in insurance. Um, I would just go into different businesses and set up their offices, rearranged it, did the filing, got everything on track, and then I would train their permanent people. For about 11 years, I was a Kelly girl. And I enjoyed it immensely because it just kind of gave me an insight into so many different businesses and organizations in Grants Pass. And I just, I absolutely loved it. I met so many people and learned a lot. This one, a friend of mine worked here and she says, we really need a salesperson. And you kind of have your hands in everything in town, you know, and cause she's, she knew me for a long time. And I had just passed my real estate license and I was going to be a realtor. But then the market started dropping. I mean, it was, that's when it just really started taking a nosedive. And I thought, well, probably is not a good time. I wish I would have now kind of continued with that. But this opportunity came up and I thought, well, I can, I guess I could do sales. You know, I know a lot of people, I can try it. So I did, but at the time they also owned Southern Exposure Magazine. And when I lived in California, I worked for the Penny Saver down there and I was moving up, moving up, that was great. Um, And I did photography, so kind of hobbies. Um, So the day I got hired and started here, I was supposed to be training for radio and Susan Fian, you've met Susan, 
she worked here. She was one of the people that ran the magazine. Well, she fell down the stairs and broke her foot and several things and stuff. So she was out of commission. There was only other one person. So Barbara Maynard, awesome lady from New York. <laughs> She's great. Um, really spitfire. She's like, I need her on the magazine team so that we can get the next, next issue out. So I jumped right into working on the magazine, selling that, doing the photography for that, and learning radio at the same time. I spent... 11 years doing Kelly Girl work, never really knew what I wanted to do, but it took me about two years of being here and doing the sales and being helping other businesses because I've been in their shoes. I advertise with radio, these radio stations, when I had my businesses and I knew what kind of success it could create. I was able to not sell people, but just talk to them on their level and I understand a lot of their businesses because I worked for them in the past. It just really kind of was a natural thing. And the more I did that, then I got to writing copy, recording commercials. I got to be on KJO from 6 to midnight on weekends. You know, I had a, like three fans, which was my family. <laughs> so, no. Um, I fell in love with radio. I just kept badgering them. I was like, I want to be a receptionist. I want to do everything. I want to learn A to Z how radio works and what we do for this community. And thankfully, over the years, Matt Wilson, who's no longer with the company, um, that's Carl's brother, he retired from it and then passed away a few years ago. Um, and then Carl has been here full time. And I says, I want to learn everything. What's my chances? I was made office manager. I took over the traffic directing, ended up doing human resources, accounts receivable. Holy cow. I mean, there's just a <laughs> lot of hats in radio, at least in my position. And with the trafficking system and stuff, he sent me to San Antonio. So I got one-on-one -on -one training on how to use that. I'm now his administrative assistant. I take care of all the public filings, the FCC. The I kind of keep us legal and on track. I don't do too many sales. I still have some clients, but you never kind of give that up. You know, if, you, if somebody's interested and you can help them, of course. that's our job is to service the businesses and the individuals in this community. And they allow me the time to work with the Granges somewhat, you know, get my job done. I have a lot to do, but Carl is very, I don't know, he's just the best person to work for. This is my career. I finally, after many, many years of searching, this is my career. Is there any specific area of that or anything that you've done throughout your life that you say, that's my favorite thing to do? Is that right there? I have a lot of favorite things. That's probably my problem. I bounce <laughs> around a lot. Um, but I do stay focused as much as I can. I really think, as far as radio goes, Hearing clients, and even if they're not mine, hearing clients, their success stories from advertising with us and just being uh, a part of this family that we create here with all of our advertisers. Planning events. I love, love, love planning events and pulling those off, especially if it's a fundraiser for like the Granges or the Ambassadors. Just bringing people together on just about any level is my favorite thing to do. That's a great segue into your other life in the Granges <laughs> world. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that for people who know nothing about Granges. 
Okay. They don't know anything about that. Just start us from the beginning. Well, the beginning, it was in like 1859, so we won't necessarily go back that far. But um, it was brought together as a grassroots organization to help bond ranchers and farmers with all the issues that they had community-wide. I mean, you know, back then they didn't have ways of getting everything to the market. They, it's like building a co-op. The first one was built, then a second one was built, and Oregon alone has over 1,300 granges wow. within the communities. We have six or seven right here in Josephine County. It really was um, a grassroots organization built on animal husbandry, farming, agriculture. It's, to me, as far as my know, it's the only and first organization that women um, were highly involved, could hold positions, officers' positions, and had a vote. Grangers allowed women to vote before women could vote. And Grangers, in every single community, really helped build every single community. They brought about rural postal service, they brought about electricity in rural communities, broadband internet, which is, that is still a big fight that the Grangers lobby for in every single community on a nationwide level. We have a, our, our Grange house on an, at the National Grange office, I guess you could say, is right now located about a block away from the White House. <laughs> and we have some really fantastic lobbies that work for farmers and everything. We have very famous people from presidents to heads of departments across the states, every state and stuff, that are Grangers. And it was not unusual for, like, Rogue River Valley Grange was my very first Grange that I was president at that time, master. We've kind of updated ourselves to president, vice president. When it started in the late 1800s, it had over 460 members. We have at Fruitdale right now about 60-ish, right around there, and the same with Redwood. So membership has dropped, but it used to be, I mean, every family in the community, every family belonged to one of these six or seven granges and stuff, and they were dances, there were dinners, there were mobile canning um, arenas and stuff. People would, uh, they built these mobile canning trucks wow. that would travel from grange to grange, and farmers that had their own, you know, backyard farms or large ones and stuff, they'd meet there and spend days doing canning and everything for the members of the community, for their families. It was really cool. <laughs> and I think they're the first organization that really brought around something that the kids, even from five on, there's programs. So there's youth, there's juniors, which is five to 14 and a half. It's kind of like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts combination. They have programs that they can earn badges in. They can go to state. They can go to nationals. Um, it's really fantastic. And then there's juniors, which is 14 and a half up to 26 years old, that really focuses on community service. But nowadays, the Grange is mostly, each Grange kind of, does what fits their area of the community. Um, when we 
lost Rogue River Valley Grange to an arsonist. We lost, I mean, it was a historical site. I still have this beautiful brass plaque that was hanging on the building. Uh-huh. But somebody came in in the middle of the night, set fire in like six different areas of the building, and we lost everything. We were grateful that we didn't lose the house. The neighbors next door, they caught it. So we lost that. And after thinking about rebuilding and realizing that it was going to cost six to $800,000 to replace that building, we thought, eh, membership is dwindling. You know, that's a lot of money to ask the community to help us raise for an organization that, just like all of them, is struggling. So the State Grange, um, which is located in Salem, asked us to consider merging with either Fruitdale or Redwood Grange at the time. And this is probably about eight years ago. So we went to both, and Fruitdale was our choice because they wanted us to join with them. There was three nice little old ladies trying to run that. Um, And to be compliant with this organization, you have to have a quorum. You have to have at least eight members at every single meeting. You have to pay quarterly dues. Um, and you want to continue to build a membership and they were struggling, of course. So we got to merge and we just became the Fruitdale Grange and we've spent years building the membership and we have a really great organization over there. We have over 24, 25, 26, something like that, monthly renters that use that building for their home base. Now the Chamber of Commerce meets there a lot with the greeters, which Joining the Chamber of Commerce was a huge, huge benefit to our Grange. Yeah, just kind of opened the doors to everybody to come in and really see what we do mm-hmm. and what we offer as far as the facilities go. So I can talk a lot about the Grange. No, that's but okay. We have a website. People can go on there, link right to the National Grange, and that really is the best way for people to get a full understanding of what we do. I'll tell you one thing we're doing is the National Grange, um, along with Bristol Myers Squibb, put together a program called What Do You Do With a Cancer Diagnosis? And so they sent that out a packet along with um, all the information. It's a six-part series. It's two hours is all it, all it takes to do go through all that. But information on how to deal with the diagnosis, how to talk to doctors, what kind of information you need to ask. It doesn't really get into the different types of treatments because I'm a cancer survivor. I dealt with it for eight years. I had bladder cancer and I had eight surgeries. So I'm just now cancer-free and I finally had my last treatment just less than a month ago. Mm. So... Um, but they sent all this information out to each of the presidents of the Granges across the nation and said, we want you to share this information with your community, if you can do that. So I'm going to do that. March 20th at Fruitdale Grange at 1 o'clock, maybe it's 2 o'clock, <laughs> 2 to 4, we are going to be presenting all that information and giving out handouts and stuff and just kind of answering some questions they try to, um, they're working very hard to bring this old organization, it's what, over 150, six, almost 160 mm-hmm. years old, into what the communities need right now and what our country needs right now. The Redwood Grange, 
It's a brand new Grange. We just got that one recharted. Not new. It's a very old Grange, just like Fruitdale is, but it lost its charter at the beginning of last year. Again, non-compliance. You don't have enough people to run mm-hmm. it, and then you, it just doesn't work. So that was my very first Grange I joined in 1980, and I'm like, can I have that one too? And she's like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, I'm going to get enough people to recharter that Grange. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have it. Let's see what happens. Um, so I went in, did a thorough investigation on the building itself, found that the water was not potable from the well. It had no HVAC systems in there. And I had, had a couple of renters. I'm like, oh, it needs, it needs some upgrades. So I went to the state grange and I says, okay, here's the deal. <laughs> I'll get a membership in there. We will run it like a grange. We will do events. We will follow all the paperwork with the state and national grange and stuff as required. Um, But the Redwood District is a growing district in our community. And we need that event space. We need that place to hold meetings for people to gather, um, to have dances and dinners and everything and stuff like we used to do. We have those over here. Hmm. We needed to have it over there. And I says, but I need enough money to hook up to city water, to put HVAC systems in there. It's rat infested, and I need to be able to block up everything and hire a contractor to block that all in. Inside needs some reconstruction. We need to recertify the kitchen. We need new appliances and everything, and a few other things that we'll raise money to fix. And so basically it's like, if you can give me $50,000, we'll get it fixed and we'll get going. Took them a little while to think about that, you know, but they don't want to lose an opportunity to have a very high functioning Grange. Mm. We have a lot of activity at Fruitdale. I've been the president there for eight years. So thankfully, they took a chance, sent me a check for $50,000. Wow. Hooked up to city water. We've got HVAC systems in there. We had September 20th, um, just through grassroots and <laughs> Facebook and everything else and just calling people I know, I'm like, man, I need your help. We need to keep this building for our community because we seriously need it. And <laughs> then we need to have things there. We need to do fundraisers and we need to pay that money back. So we need to do things. We had probably 70 people show up to that meeting. The state Grange master and several of the executive members from the state from Salem came down and they're like, okay, this is good. We have over 60 members, let's just put it that way, that have actually paid their dues and continue to pay their dues for this year. So I know that they're going to stick by us and support us and everything and, and be active members. So it's pretty fantastic. We've got yeah. a lot, we've got a lot of stuff planned over there. So yeah, it's, it's kind of busy. Okay, let's take a break from that conversation. I wanted to bring up a question for you. During these crazy times, do you feel like your business is indestructible? Most people don't. And if not, the real question is why? And what can you do to make it as indestructible as possible? Well, that's the basis of my new book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. I'm going to talk about the second way, which is called being consistent. I cover this all in chapter two. 
And I'm not talking about being consistent in a very generic way. I'm talking about specifically being consistent in your communications with your customers, not just customers you're looking to have, but customers you've already had and getting them to know, like, and trust you. Now you could be doing this through paid advertising, but you could also be doing it organically through social media, via videos, via blog posts, via podcasts like this, getting out there so that people can get to know, like, and trust you so that when they do become customers, they don't just become customers that enjoy and love your products or services. They know, like, and trust you as a person. That's a value they can't get from big companies. I also have eight other ways to Amazon proof your business. Basically the idea of making it competition proof to even someone as big as amazon.com. So if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy of my book, go to amazonproofbook.com. Sign up and you will get a free copy and get the chance to purchase a physical copy of it for a special price. In addition to that, if you happen to be in the Josephine County area or nearby and you're looking to have a speaker come and discuss these type of issues with your organization, club, or group of friends, then I have a limited calendar that I may be able to fit you into. Go check out brianjpombo.com speaking and fill out the application. We'll be sure and get back to you on that. And now let's get back to our show. You have so many different facets of your life and so many different areas we could cover. If we were to step back and take a look and say we got back together in a year from now, right? We were to look back over the past 12 months, what would have had to have happened for you to feel happy with your progress, both personally and professionally? Personally is easy. Um, I have a great career. And I don't plan on going anywhere. <laughs> Carl doesn't know anything is filed. So I think I have <laughs> job security. No. But during my eight years of cancer, I gained a lot of weight. I, my, your body becomes unhealthy. When you have mm. that many treatments over and over and over again and stuff, it affects you. And so it's going to be nice to have this next year without that in my brain or in my body. I became a certified coach for Optivia. So I have lost over 90 pounds. I've lost over 48 total inches off my body. I am very healthy. My doctors are like, I would like this information because I want to talk to other people about this. So that's fantastic. So on a personal level, I look forward to enjoying the next 12 months, cancer-free, healthy, and I have more energy because of that. <laughs> so, wow, let's see where this is going to go. People are like, I don't see how much more you could do. Well, <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> I want to thank you for this opportunity to talk about the Granges. Because even though we have been in existence for over 150 years, and our Granges here have been in this community for well over 100 years, people just really don't understand what it is. And so it is my mission this year to use as many opportunities that I can to educate people on really what today's Grange means. And this is an organization that if we don't get more families with kids involved, eventually we're all going to be done. Like I said before, there's a junior program, there's a youth program. So we're really, especially Redwood, 
we're really trying to put together programs that will bring those kids and families in, get them to, and we do have some families that have joined that Grange, but to build on that. Mm. We have scouts that meet over at Fruitdale, and we've always been proponents of the scout family. I used to be the Roaring Rogue District Chairman for the Boy Scouts in this area. That was a whole nother time. <laughs> but it was really cool because it's a great organization and my boys were very involved. So, but the Granges, it's really the only organization that every member of the family can participate in, can grow in. Um, it really allows you to be involved in your community. And, you know, even you, Brian, if you join the Granges, like what interests you? What can you bring to information to the Grange that's going to want us to go out and get involved in other things? The Grange Hall is a building. A Grange is all about the members. So it's as good and as widespread as the members can be. And so my goal in the next 12 months, and it has been for a long time, but I really am kind of focusing now that I have two Granges and stuff to, and we have a great president over there. Um, Ron Smith stepped up and he is the president. Really fantastic. We have some, we have some really go-getters over there. And, but just to really kind of educate other organizations, I've gotten Kiwanis and the Rotary are using this hall for fundraising events this year. Hmm. That makes me feel really good that we have something that we can offer other large, fantastic organizations, and that they'll come in and use that. It benefits us because we make money just to keep the building open because that's expensive. I mean, just uh, the rates just keep going up, <laughs> up insurance and everything, but they're okay with that, you know. But just to really try to more outreach, that's really what I want to do. I want to educate people on really what this means and why they should join this organization because many hands make light work and I'm all for that. So if I can get the membership, maybe not up to 300, but hey, who's to say I can't? Because it's not just me doing it, it's all of our members doing it. We have a lot of opportunities. There's just tons of things that we're gonna be offering this community that I really hope they are receptive to and can get behind. What are the obstacles standing in your way of getting there? time really it's just time being able to meet with people like you that are giving me this opportunity i have opportunities um i've been asked to write an article for the eagle that just takes time i mean it just it, that just really is what it is it's just time right now so i'd like to find somebody that would like to write that for me <laughs> so <laughs> if you know anybody that's really good at writing send it my way um it's not that i'm not but I'd rather talk to somebody and let them transcribe it and to where it makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Just really want to get more outreach, educate people on what we can do. Just Excellent. Time. I need more time. I need to stretch the days out. Just <laughs> I don't need more sleep. I just need more time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As we wind down our conversation, are there any questions I didn't ask you that you'd like to answer? Not really. I would... Love the opportunity to go in front of the Rotary Clubs, the Kiwanis, um, any other organizations that need a meeting space or 
want to join forces to really do some fantastic events in this community. Um, it's not all about making money. It's really about giving families a place to go, something to do as a family. You don't get that too much anymore. The more people that we have as members, the more people we can have um, and their strengths and talents and stuff to be able to do some of these things. Mm. I can only do so much. So I'd love to get you know more families involved because you get a few families, they know families, they know families. And that's really all it takes to get that snowball going. I just need families. Got it. Yep. So you, you mentioned meeting space. How many people does each Grange hold? Well, we have seating for 180 over there. So you can have a pretty large group. But we can legally have like 184 in there. You would just have to bring in extra tables and chairs. Um, this Grange, Fruitdale Grange, has a whole audio-visual system installed in there. We did upgrade that. Mm -hmm. And that's used by several of our groups and stuff. You know, great for PowerPoint presentations. We have large groups. Like we have the peacemakers they do a lot of sewing they're there several times a couple times a month uh, rogue gym and geology they have a huge group southern oregon amateur radio club and they also do testing to teach people how to use the ham radios and stuff and become a certified operator we have the grants pass garden club which if you notice our little corner on the rogue river highway parkdale side it's always beautifully tended um and they just created that space into a certified monarch station. So um, that's really fantastic. And it's all legal and whatever they had to do to that. So that's cool. Um, but we have some, gosh, there's just tons of, tons of groups that meet there. And we have room for more. Um, we have a certified kitchen. And so we have two new... Uh, bakers that are going to be using the kitchen over there and Redwood has that as well so um, it's just getting the word out and letting people know that we're here what we offer and hopefully they will come fabulous so what could listeners do to find out more about the Granges about Grants Pass Broadcasting and so forth Oh, you can call me every, my, you just Google Jill Hammond. My phone number's on there. <laughs> they're like, you should protect yourself. I'm like, it's just too late for that. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to look. Um, but I am always open for conversation. My phone number is 541-660-4435. Or my personal email address is just jdham4435 at gmail.com. And I love to answer questions. Absolutely. Excellent. It's great living in a community where we can be that open. Oh yeah, and not have to care too much about. I mean, <laughs> about you, you being know, available. you should. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't been scared yet. Yeah. But we do live in a really caring community. Sometimes I think we go overboard on it. <laughs> but let me tell you, the next subject that we're going to have to get together and, and talk about, not this time, but next time, I'll just put this bug in your ear and anybody else that listens to this, is. We need to establish a pay-it-forward program. Mm. You drive down the streets of Grants Pass. You come in. When you come into a town, I do. When I travel and you come into a town, you either see how gorgeous this is or you say somebody is not taking care of things. When you come in off the first exit and you're coming down the parkway and you're driving by, and I'm not going to throw names out, but you drive through all those grocery stores and, and that whole alley of Parkway right there, 
and there's baskets and trash and fields unkept out there that does not give you a good first impression of our community. Mm -hmm. And if I had more time, <laughs> I would organize major, major cleaning parties, but also I'd be going to every single one of the businesses and stuff that have property that face entries into our society, into our community, and say, you have people that work for you, give them a bag, give them some gloves, keep your space clean, and let's make a really great first impression on this community and make us feel very clean and inviting. That's what I want to see. I want to see a clean city, and we need to work on that big time. Boy, it's a, another fabulous goal. So anybody that's really interested in moving forward with that, be sure and get in touch with Jill. Sure. I'll give them a bag and I'll give them some gloves. <laughs> and I'll even meet them down there and help clean. But, you know, you just start doing things and other people will follow. That's right. That's right. That, that, and that's a, that's a great, great note to end on. So, Jill Ham, thanks so much for being on Grants Pass VIP. My pleasure. Thanks, Brian. Jill Ham. What can you say about Jill? She is a force of nature. I said that about a few other people probably, but specifically Jill is one of those people that's very difficult to tie down. She is just here, there, and everywhere. If you don't think you've met her, you probably have. If you live in Josephine County, you've probably ran into her, whether you knew it or not. It may have just been like a flash that went by real quick that you thought was like lightning or something, but it was Jill Ham, and she's, a, she's an amazing person. Gets a lot done. If you can't tell from listening to this conversation, she does a lot all the time, and she has just got an energy about her that is contagious, what a lot of fun. I've been trying to get an interview with her for well over a year now, and we finally got to sit down and talk and finally got this thing edited and out there since you're listening to it. So happy to do it. It speaks for itself, and she's one of the reasons why Grants Pass VIP is such a pleasure to host. Join us again on the next Grants Pass VIP, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com. Helping movers and shakers in Southern Oregon and beyond stand out. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest or a sponsor on Grants Pass VIP, go to grantspassvip.com forward slash contact. Guests who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse the opinions of the host or sponsors. The theme music is Fun Shot by Kevin McLeod. Our host is a Grants Pass resident and business strategist, Brian Pombo. I'm executive producer, Shawnee Douglas. Until next time, live rogue and have fun.